0: Hallelujah. Just raise your hands, celebrate God for the chain that is broken. The chain is broken. Give God the glory. Give God the glory. That chain is broken. In Jesus' mighty name, we have given thanks. You may please have your seats beautifully in the presence of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, please use me as your vessel today. And at the end of the day, let your name alone be glorified. Let the word be the word of spirit, not the letter that killeth. Let the spirit in the word be the word that will come out today, and let everyone that will listen, Lord, receive life. Even those online, they will receive life. Everyone on their sick bed, you have received life already via that impartation. You receive life already in Jesus mighty name we are prayed. Hallelujah. I want to start by going to our prophetic focus for this month. I take my inheritance by the word. Tell someone I take my inheritance by the word. And let's read that scripture Acts 20:32. And read it like you mean it. Acts 2032. Acts 2032. Not the prophetic duration. Hallelujah. Acts 2032. And now, brethren, I commend you to God. I recommend you to God. I how would I put the recommendation again? I encourage you to go to God. I advise you to go to God. And to the word of his grace which is able to what, build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified, hallelujah then let's go to 33 I know that's not part of our scripture for the, but read 33 and understand something 33 praise God if you have your bible, bring out your bible we don't have a lot of time on our side Hallelujah. 33. He said, I have coveted no man's silver or good or apparel. It is only a great man that can say this. It's only a worthy man that can say this. I have coveted no man's silver or good or apparel. Why? Because of the word. Because of the word. Nothing else. Paul was living. And he was going to be away for a long time. He wasn't even sure if he was coming back when he gave this. Hallelujah. Praise God. So we are taking our bearing from this perspective this morning as we collectively, collect as a group, not just me, because we are going to be part of this ministration, look at the term assessing our inheritance of greatness by the word of God. Assessing our inheritance of greatness. By the word of God. Deuteronomy 10:17 is our test. For the Lord your God is what? God of gods and Lord of Lords, a great God, a mighty and a terrible, which regarded not person, nor taketh reward. Are you not excited that this is who your God is? This is who your father is. If I were you, I would be more excited than that. Hallelujah. Your father is a great God above all other gods. Hallelujah. And the last part is very interesting. That's not part of the message today, but it's very, he it said, he regarded no person. For it's no respecter of anyone. All you have to do is do what he says and you get what you want. Because there are provisions for everything. Hallelujah. Amen. And the, the other part says, no, take care to what? If you don't know what that means, it means bribery. Our God doesn't take bribe. You can't bribe him no matter what you do. Hallelujah. Amen. I thought you'd be excited about that. So I started by saying every child of God is born to be great. Because we have a father that is a great God. It is in our DNA to be great. It is our inheritance to be great. So if you are a child of God and you are sure, you are great already. You are great already. Tell someone you are great. Uh, that's not convincing enough. You are not even sure. Okay, tell yourself, I am, "I am great because my father is great. It is in my, in my DNA to be great." That is still not convincing enough. Apart from my father and the mother and the Lord, if you don't cooperate, everyone will stand up. Hallelujah. Amen. Genesis one twenty six to twenty eight. Genesis 1 26 to 28. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion. So you were created in his image and his likeness. So, and the scripture just said, He is great. So automatically you are great. Thank God for those chains that were broken. But as this word comes, there's another dimension of chain that I want to be broken. It's in your mind. It's in your mind. If you didn't address that, you need to address it right now. The chain of ignorance. Not knowing what belongs to you. Because if you don't know what your inheritance is, the inheritance may waste away. Just for example, thank God all of us in Canada were immigrants. Maybe your parents came from Europe. And uh, they have a great, great-grandparents. Who knew you were born? But unfortunately, you don't know the great-grandparent. And he or she was about to die, and they say, okay, in my will, this person in Canada, who I know is my great-grandson, or great, 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 I want this to be part of their inheritance. And you don't know about it. But in Europe, let's say Germany, or somewhere, or Scotland, or somewhere in Europe, that will is there. Nobody informs you. You don't know about it. Can you assess it or not? You can't. So that's what I'm talking about. If you are ignorant of these provisions, no matter what we say from now till next year, you won't have access to it. That is not your portion in Jesus' name. So we are looking at the word today so that that chain of ignorance will be broken. In fact, not broken, will be shattered so that it won't be there again. Hallelujah. 1 John 5, 4-5. You can read 26 to 28 of Genesis later. For whatsoever is born of God, overcometh the world. Say greatness. You can't overcome the world if you are not great. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world? This is very interesting. But he that believeth that Jesus is the son of God. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Then you are an overcomer. Do you believe that Jesus is the son of God? Then you are great. Because that is the only requirement to be the child of God. And automatically, greatness begins. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the big question is, why are believers struggling to be great? If greatness is their inheritance. I said it now, ignorance. First one is misunderstanding of grace. Believing that we just have to sit and wait for an inheritance to fall on our laps. People misunderstand the gospel of grace. And I'm going to try to address that briefly this morning. If this is the only thing you take from this message, you are blessed in Jesus' name. Because grace is saying, okay, we are predestinated before the world began. To be children of God. We are predestinated to be saved. We, are, we have all this inheritance. Do you understand? You are great. Like we read from Genesis. And some people will just sit down and say, because of that grace. I don't even need to pray. But look at what, what the scripture says. Deuteronomy, 2, 4. Deuteronomy 2, 2.4. Deuteronomy 2.24, sorry. Rise ye up. Let's read together. Take your journey and pass over the river Anon. Behold, I have given into the hand of Sion, into the hand of Sion, the Amorite king of Eshbon and his land. I can't hear you. I can't hear you. And contend with him in battle. That is the inheritance. God has told their forefathers that they are going to possess those lands, the promised land flowing with milk and honey. But even at that, God said, begin to possess it. But those people who are misunderstanding the gospel of grace, it's like, oh, this has been settled. I don't have to do anything. I should just be enjoying all these things. Praise God. Judges 2, 6. And when Joshua had let the people go, the children of Israel went, every man unto what is in inheritance. To so do what? So why are people saying that because of grace you don't have to do anything? And these are men of God, respected men of God. Hallelujah! Say understanding. And maybe you might say, okay, these are Old Testaments; they are part of the law. But when Jesus came, He broke the law, right? It is... <laughs> Somebody should help me this one. Hallelujah! Let's go to the New Testament, Matthew six eleven. Matthew 6, 11. Give us this day. That is Jesus teaching us how to pray. In grace, in predestination, our daily bread is our inheritance. Why would Jesus now tell you to pray for your daily bread? If grace says don't do anything. I don't know. Is there an understanding this morning? Does it make sense? If grace says don't do anything, sit, everything will fall on your lap. Why would Jesus... The Son of God, the Messiah, the Anointed, tell you now to, okay, ask for your daily bread. But it's been provided. Tell your neighbor, you must take your inheritance. You must take your inheritance. Then the second one is identity crisis. When you don't know who you are. For instance, if you don't know that as a child of God, you are great. Even like I said, if we talk this t- next year, nothing will happen. Psalms 82, 5 and 6. They know not. Ignorance. Neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. Look up. No, let's go back to 5. That is what ignorance does. From the beginning, it was not so. That's what Jesus said. But when there is misunderstanding and ignorance, that's where you have problem. The beautiful wife... And some husband that you married, all of a sudden is the devil that is worrying you. And you want a divorce. That is what misunderstanding does. And that's why I said all the foundations of the earth are out of course. The foundation of love in that home, I don't know who I'm talking to. This is not part of the message. But the Holy Spirit says I should say it. So with all due respect, nobody told me about anyone. But all of a sudden, that woman is the devil. That man is evil. You don't see anything good about the person. It is this is the root cause, misunderstanding. Because if that woman or that man is a blessing to you, based on the foundation of love that you started at home. Hallelujah, <laughs> Hallelujah, Proverbs ten twenty two. I'm coming to the end of the message from the beginning. That is the Holy Spirit doing His work, the blessing of the Lord. Makes rich and adds no sorrow. So, if your wife was a blessing to you, all of a sudden, why is she becoming a sorrow? It is because you have forgotten. There's ignorance that you are now seeing as a sorrow instead of a blessing. Your husband that you you gave testimony. Everybody celebrated with you. God, thank you for giving me that handsome man with six packs. Hallelujah! All of a sudden is now your problem. There is misunderstanding. If you see him or her as your blessing, then there shall be no sorrow. I am not debating this. I'm telling you what the scripture says. All you have to do to stop that crisis is begin to see them as a blessing. You are a blessing to me, therefore no sorrow. In fact, let's rise on our feet and begin to address that. Anything that is an issue in your life this morning, start calling them a blessing. Your children are a blessing to you. Therefore, they will not give you problem. Your job is a blessing to you. Therefore, it will not cause you sorrow. Whatever has been giving you problem, begin to address address them as a blessing from God. Address them as a blessing from God. See them and thank God for them as a blessing. And decree that they shall not give you sorrow. No more sorrow concerning that issue in Jesus' mighty name. You may please have your seats in his presence. Hallelujah. Then verse 6, verse 6 of Psalms 82, 5 to 6. 6, I have said ye are gods and all of you are what? Children of the most high. So if you don't know that ye are gods and you are a child of the most high, you don't have the knowledge, you don't have the understanding that you are meant to be great. I'm sorry, I didn't tell you what greatness means. Greatness means that you have to be above. Deuteronomy 28:13. That you shall be the head and not the tail. You shall be above and not beneath. You shall be exalted, highly favored. That is greatness. And that is your birthright. There's nothing to add to it again. And let me also give a caveat. Greatness doesn't mean you must be proud. For God resisted the proud. Hallelujah. Even in your greatness, you are meant to serve people. Jesus said it. We'll come to that. Hallelujah. Amen. Then the last part of why believers are struggling to be great and greatness is an inheritance is ignoring the covenant and the word of God. Ecclesiastes 10 to 10 there is an evil. Let's read this together. You are not reading. <laughs> Which proceeded from the ruler. folly is set in great dignity. And the rich sit in low place. Stop. Stop. Have you seen people who are not born again? Who don't know God? Prosper. Being great. Get promotions before you. <laughs> Okay, hallelujah. This is the folly we are talking about and the great evil. Continue. I have seen servants upon horses and princes walking as servants upon the earth. Eight. He that diggeth a pit shall fall into it. And whoso breaketh an edge. When you break the covenant or you don't know the covenant, therefore those things will be happening around you and you keep quiet. Or you ignore what is in the will for your life. That is when those things happen. You don't even know that it shouldn't be so, because you don't even know the provisions of what you have here in the will. Like I said, if you don't know that it's a will that says you are a billionaire in Europe, no matter what happens, you still be any minimum wage. That is not your portion in Jesus' name. So if you know what God has provided for you in the will, in the book this evil will not be happening praise god so what must we do to assess our inheritance of greatness before we address that i want us to understand three things about the word of god three things about the word of god one the origin of the word of god john 1:1 to 5 the origin of the word of god in the beginning was the word so this doesn't say in the beginning is the word. The word was before the beginning. The word was with God and the word was God. Two, the same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was what? Life. So in, in, pause, in this book is your life. I'm still addressing that person or anyone that you know that is sick. In this book is life. In this book is life. Look for your life in this book and you will not die. In this book is your children. In this book is your house. In this book is whatever you want. But if you don't look into it, you won't get it. In this book is your promotion. I can back all of them up with the scripture that are in this book. In this book is your private jet. You didn't answer. Amen. Hallelujah. Someone's faith is not there yet. I say again, in this book is your private jet and much more. In Jesus' name. Hebrews eleven three. Because of time, we're going to be in the scriptures. Through faith, we understand that the words were framed by the word of God. So everything we see today, all the advancements, whether they were done by unbelievers, were framed already. The structure was framed by the word of God. So there is nothing you are looking for that is not in the word of God. And the word of God is your inheritance. So you have all. You have all. So why are you not seeing the all? Praise God. Number two, the potency of the word of God. Psalms 138 verse 2. I will worship towards thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. For thou hast magnified thy word above all thy name. The word is highly exalted. It comes with greatness. The word is exalted. So anyone that is eating this word, will be automatically be exalted. You can't be studying, meditating, eating this word and remain at low places of life. That is not your portion. That is the potency of the word. The irreversibility of the word. Isaiah 55:10 to 11. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither But watereth the earth, and maketh it bring forth and bud. Hallelujah. That it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the eater. 11. So shall my word be, that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. It shall not return unto me without what I have sent it to do. It shall not return unto me without the promise I've given to you. It shall not return unto me without that which you have asked me according to the word. But it shall accomplish that which I please. And it shall prosper in the team whereto I sent it. Then the third one is, sorry, third one under the potency of the word. It is a covenant and should be treated as such. Psalm 89, 34. My covenant will I not break. No, alter the thing that has gone out of my lips. Everything here is ordered by God. Via the Holy Spirit. Therefore, when you say, Thus saith the Lord. As you are praying. Or addressing a situation. Thus saith the Lord. It, it becomes a covenant. And he said he will not break his covenant. Hallelujah. The next one is, Even in prayer, the word gives you all. So when you are praying without the word, you are cheating yourself. John 15, 7, quickly. If ye abide in me and my word abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done. I can't tell you, it shall be done. It is incorruptible and endures forever. First Peter 1, 23 and 25. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abided for what? So anything you see from this word, no devil can reverse it. You see your son, your daughter from this word, you take it. No one can kill that child. You see your job, you take it from this word. No one can fire you on that job. The only thing that is allowed is you are promoted. Except maybe when promotion comes and you don't want to go. And God is saying you should be promoted. That is the only reason they will fire you so that you get that promotion. But apart from that, you are comfortable that nobody can fire you if you get it from this word. And the word is quick, powerful, and sharp. We won't be reading that, but Hebrews 4.12, you see what the word can do. It said it divides the spirit and the soul. Have you seen your spirit or soul before? But the word sees it. So, because we are in a wicked world. I love what the choir started with. That we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Nothing. It's not carnality. So the invisibility of the wicked world, the world can address it. Because the world is also invisible. It's a spirit. So why would you be fighting with the invisible dark world without the invisibility of the world? That is why sometimes it seems like they are defeating you. It's because you don't have the right ammunition. If you use the word to address them, they will run. Because the word can locate them wherever they are. And the funny thing is, some of these things are not even in Canada. They might be operating it from somewhere in Nigeria or in the Bahamas or somewhere. You don't even know where. Because they are in the visibility realm. But the word of God will locate them and root them out. There are testimonies that are bound to that even in this church. Hallelujah. The application of the word leads to greatness. Success and prosperity is the first part. Joshua 1.8. Joshua 1.8, quickly. This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate what? therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein. For then thou shalt make thy way Prosperous, and thou shalt have good success. Say greatness. Whatever you do, prospers with the word. Psalms 1, 3. Psalms 1, 3. Go to 3, please. And it shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, that bringeth forth its fruit in its season. Its leaf also shall not wither. And whatsoever you doeth, I had this understanding as a young boy. And no matter what I do, if I don't prosper in it, I'm not comfortable. Because God said, whatever I do, I shall prosper. And seriously, I've done some things, I've done some jobs that you could call minor job, whatever, even things that are not in my field. But one thing I know is that whatever I do, I will prosper. So whether you throw me in a pit, I will prosper there. You send me to the mountain, I will prosper there. Why? Because of the word. If you go to verse 2, you see the reason. He said his delight is in the law, the word of God. And in his law that he meditates day and night. And if you have this mentality, forget about it. Your degree does not matter. Your, who you know does not matter. What matters is that this is what you do. Whatever you do we prosper. That is greatness. It doesn't matter who the president is. It doesn't matter what the economy is. It doesn't matter whether there's COVID-19 or no COVID-19. We have testimonies here. Not one, not two people buying houses, buying cars. Why the world is suffering during COVID-19? It is because of this. That will be your testimony in Jesus' name. How do we become great by the world? Hallelujah. Uh, If we have time and true eternal greatness... True, eternal greatness. The application of the word gives you eternal greatness. Genesis 12, 1-4. Now the Lord has said unto Abraham, Get thee out of thy country, and from thy kindred, and from thy father's house, unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee. Let's read this together. A great, I will bless thee. As you read it, to become yours in Jesus' name. The louder you read it, The faster it becomes yours in Jesus' name. So let's start again. And I will make of thee a great nation. And I will bless thee. And make thy name, Jude, great. And thou shalt be a blessing. Three. And I will bless them that bless thee. And curse him that cursed thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. Four. So Abraham departed. As the Lord has spoken unto him, pause. Hallelujah. This is eternal greatness. Today we are still fighting and claiming Abrahamic blessing. It started with the obedience of one man. Verse 4 says, so Abraham departed. How many things has the Lord revealed to you? Have you departed or are you still in the shores negotiating for both? If you need to walk on water, walk on water and move. If you need to walk on fire, as far as it has come from the Lord, depart immediately. Hallelujah. How do we become great by the word? Greatness by alignment. I said realignment, but alignment, first to God, your maker. Romans 8, 16 to 17. I will try to round up in a few minutes. Hallelujah. Romans eight sixteen to 17. The spirit is said, bear witness with our spirit that we are what? So you need to realize that you're a child of God If you are not sure that you're a child of God You need to settle that first Because like I said If your father is writing his will, Your biological father And you don't know that the man is your father Even if you have a billion dollars there It's not yours You need to establish that you're a child of God Alignment Don't allow any entanglement to affect your alignment with God Once that is broken, the problem comes. That's what happened with Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. That is not our testimony in Jesus' name. Alignment to the word. If you don't know what is in the will, what happens? You you don't even get it because you don't know the will exists. So the word, the father, who is the person who writes the will, then the word, which is the will itself, you need to align with them. Hallelujah. Deuteronomy 28:13. Because of time. And the Lord shall make thee the head say greatness and not the tail. And thou shalt be above only, and thou shalt not be beneath. If that thou do what? Hearken unto the commandments. Align yourself with the word. Read the word, align yourself with the word. The next one. Align yourself to the covenant. Abrahamic covenant. There is a covenant already that is provided for you. You need to be great. You need to trace your lineage to Abraham. Hallelujah. And you can see that in Genesis 12, 1 to 4 that we read. Then finally, finally in this session, align yourself to the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross of Calvary. That is the seal Seal to the will that blood of Jesus on the cross is the seal. Without a seal, a will is not recognizable. If there is no seal, and you know, seal I read, if there is no seal that says this is this, 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 this makes this a testament, it does it's not uh, acceptable in the court of law. So, you need to align yourself to that blood. Then, also, you need an advocate align yourself to the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Thank God today's anointing service. If you are not aligned to the anointing of the Holy Spirit, even when you study the Word at times, you may not understand the legalistics. If you are not a, li- a lawyer, you might not understand some things in the will, right? But if you have a lawyer, you must have a lawyer to claim your inheritance, especially if it is a huge inter- inheritance like the one we have here. And the Holy Ghost comes in, and That's where the anointing of the Holy Ghost is. Align yourself with that power of the anointed. Hallelujah. Greatness by obedience to the word of God. And I said this is how the faith system works. See what God has promised in the Word. Do what he said you should do. And receive the promise that he said you should receive. Sometimes we know the inheritance. But we don't receive it. Either because of fear. Thank God that chain of fear is broken. Some people are just scared. Like I said, your private jet is here. Some, even to say amen. nobody is here. Nobody will flog you or eat you or, do so, or lock you up for saying amen. There's freedom of speech in Canada. To just say amen to your private jet. Some people are still scared to say it. That is the spirit of fear. That is not your portion in Jesus' name. Greatness by service and humility So greatness is not about oppressing people It is about serving people Matthew 20, 26 Matthew 20, 26 But it shall not be so among you But whosoever will be great among you Let him be your minister Let him be your servant You serve to be great So anyone that is saying, no, I'm great I'm the best I'm the man I'm the this, I'm that That's not greatness, that's pride That is not your portion in Jesus' name And it takes us to the next one Humility is like A perfume or aroma of favor We wear to assess greatness So all these things I'm saying, the inheritance is yours But for you to assess it And maintain it Because in an inheritance There is the calling We'll get to that if there is time sir. Thank you sir There is a calling, there is a commitment, there is a cause. Cause C-A-U-S-E. End inheritance. The calling is your childhood to God's fatherhood. Your relationship with God. The commitment is these things that I'm saying. You can't say you are great and be oppressing people. You must serve. That is what greatness is. Jesus said it's not me. You must serve if you are going to be great or if you are great. If not, you will lose your greatness. Humility, you can't be oppressing people. In fact, if you start that, before you know it, you lose that greatness. So that is the commitment to being great. You've seen the prodigal son took all his inheritance. What happened? He squandered it because there was no commitment. There was a calling, that's how he got inheritance. But after the calling, no commitment. And he lost the inheritance. Then the cost, <laughs> hallelujah. We talked about bearing fruit. When you are the tree that bears fruit, there will be stones thrown at you. So when you are great, people will criticize you. People will talk about you. People will even tell lies about you. What you never knew, they'll say you did it. Take it as part of the cost of greatness. Look at David, hallelujah. All he did was to take food to his brother, his brothers at the war front. He was bold enough to go to the war front, war front with food to help his brothers. He was there to service them. But look at the cost. What did Eliab, his brother, say? He said, I know you. Why are you here? Why did you come? I know you. You always want to show yourself. Have they told you that recently? If someone has told you that, then you are great. <laughs> you are great already because that, that is the cost that comes with grace. greatness people want to ridicule you people want to mock you don't reply them you're already great you're already, it's only a tree that is bearing fruit that people will throw stones at there will still be the good ones that will come and rest under the, shy, the shade of the tree but there will be most people who want to just come and ravage the tree, take stone throw, but like we understood from that uh, Bible study session the fruit is in the root As far as you don't go bickering with them, replying them, you will still bear more fruit. They will pluck and pluck and pluck and they will be tired. (laughs) Hallelujah. Because Jesus said, it is better to give than to receive. Hallelujah. These are age, long-tested proofs. Then, like I said, grace is released unreservedly for those who are humble. Grace is released unreservedly. He said... God resisted the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. Look at it, James 4, 6. But he giveth more grace, not just more, so that you can continue to be great. All you are doing is just be humble. God gives you more grace. So when they are throwing stones at you, you are bearing more fruit. They come again the next season, the mango fruits are everywhere. Hallelujah. I don't know if you got that. Then, greatness by laboring in the world. 1 Timothy 5, 17 and 18. Let the elders that rule well be counted worthy of double what? Additional honor. Especially they who do what? Labor in the world. How do you, quickly, how do you labor in the world? To labor in the world, you meditate, not memorize. Uh, There's some religion where they memorize the beginning. In fact, some people do it in Christianity. They memorize from Genesis to Revelation. And you call them, what is Psalm 20 verse 1? They're already shooting it out. Before you finish that one, the, you, have you gone to some of those Bible quiz? What is the longest name in the Bible? Say later. That is the letter. And the letter kill it. But the word of the Lord is spirit. So as you, you remember Genesis 1, when there was darkness, the spirit of the Lord was brooding. As you brood on the word... Something comes out of you as you you meditate. That is laboring. If you just memorize, it, it's not laboring. It's okay, you just cram it. Psalm one verse one. You you just quote it. Job forty two ten. You just quote it. But if it is meditated, it is there. You eat the word and you become the word. Jeremiah fifteen sixteen. Then to labor in the word means to hide the word in your heart. The word that is hidden in your heart cannot be stolen. That is what we said now. The fruit is in the root. If you have the word in your heart, no matter what they do to you, you will rise again. Hallelujah. To labor in the word means professing the word. Thank God again for celebration voices. We didn't plan this. Nobody knew that they were going to sing this or I was going to preach this. Professing the word. Hebrews 10.23. Keep professing it until something happens. Keep saying it. Once you have it eating, you labor with it every day. Declare what you want to see. It doesn't matter what you see around you. What the word says, declare it. We just looked at Deuteronomy 28, 13. It says, You shall be the head and not the (laughs) tail. Once that sinks in through meditation, every morning as you wake up, I am the head and not the tail. Finished. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. If you are fired up like I am, I want you to rise on your feet and begin to profess violently that you shall not see sorrow. You shall not see sorrow. I am great already. I am the head and not the tail. Any of the word that you have, just begin to profess it. No more sorrow. No more sorrow. Say it. I can't hear you. Say it. Because everything I have is a blessing from God. Therefore, no sorrow. For he said, the blessing of the Lord makes rich and add no sorrow my wife is a blessing my children are blessing my car is a blessing my house is a blessing so nobody can take it from me my job is a blessing continue to profess it profess violently don't be scared, violently and let's say this no more sorrow no more sorrow say it like you mean it with Jesus' joy and a clap offering to God for His Word, let's welcome